So I may have uh, discussed this on the show before at some point, but one of the things that we should really be critical of is communists and everything is this perception of time as this inexorable march that just, you know, we, we have this stockpile of time that we just dwindle away and we have to spend it like mm. appropriate. It's this very Protestant work ethic kind of approach to it of a finite amount versus the old style kind of more humanist way of things happening in cycles. So if we oh. reuse things, our cycle has been going around. Is this just your excuse for retelling a story? Yeah, is it's that time of year again to tell a story <laughs> like this. Okay, what do you got? Taxes? Uh, what else? Allergies. I'm, I'm thinking about what's it's in spring. Cl- it's closer to allergies. Okay, global warming. Uh, no, it doesn't really have to do with that. Okay, I'll I just guess let it you tell it. It is natural, but um, a, well, kind of an asshole of a guy named William Levitt. The guy who did Levittown, like, suburbia, American suburbia, mm, built, know started, you know, uh, suburban, like, housing development oh, things. okay, with, so a you know, guy who ruined everything. Yeah, white picket fences, redlining, uh, yards for everybody, this this thing. Famously said, no man who owns his own home and lot can be a communist. He has too much <laughs> to do. <laughs> Oh, did you have some yard work to do? Yeah, yesterday and today, I and the day before, I was mowing. Three days of mowing? Three days of mowing. What uh, the fuck? I mean, your yard is big, but not like you have fucking acres. Well, first day I got through the, you know, not three entire days, but three like sessions, you know, and I got through the front yard, but it was long, man. I, I'm not your diligent person that Levitt's talking about here. I'm not mowing every week. So it, it got long and we had rains and so I ran through all three of my batteries on the first one and on the on the front yard and so then the next day I mowed the backyard but I didn't get through all of it and ran through all the batteries. Okay. And I was, you know, super tired. It was the end of the, it was like during, you know, it was a weekday. Yeah, it that's a Monday. work day. That sucks. And then today I had to finish that off. That's a bummer. Yeah. But I guess I'm still managing to be a communist. Good. I'm glad you made time in your busy <laughs> mowing schedule. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it sucks, though. But I, you know, no shade to any of you guys. If if you use a lawn service or what have you, I mean, you do I you. I use it, yeah. But I'm like, I got all this fucking stuff, you know, the equipment. I have. The, I also have a mower. I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I pay someone. I'm a lazy fucker. Yeah, I don't know. I have, again, this is like a not shade thing, but this weird sort of mental thing I do to myself of like, yeah, but I, you know, I, I can do it myself. Do this. I'm not going to be bourgeois in that sense, you know, and I, I sort of see it in this sort of working class lens or whatever, but I understand that that's very rational and that you, you know, like I said, you guys or, or I could, if I wanted to hire someone to it and wouldn't change my class relations or anything like that yeah that's the thing like i'm not like lording it over anybody it's just like right. hey like you need you need money and i have a thing you can do that i hate doing <laughs> yeah and you're, you're still a consumer you're not you're not yeah. like uh all of a sudden turning into a, <laughs> yeah, a factory owner or something but i guess it's to say we all draw lines we all 
kind of pick the things that we're, you know, good enough or too good or whatever to do or not to, you know, contract out or, or what have you. And that's okay, man. Wherever you pick to, to do yours is fine. Don't, Agreed. don't stress out. <laughs> it's fine. Domestic work is work. You know, yard work is work. All labor has value. Yeah. Uh, even if it sucks while you're doing it. <laughs> that too. I mean, especially so I would say that work definitely has value. <laughs> oh. All right. So we're here shooting the shit. You might cut this part because inside baseball, but have you yeah. dived into if anyone's like, fucking stop or no people like good. it okay people like it <laughs> i think so plus there's more cat pictures so what's not to like yeah for real for all my talk about the mass line i'm shit at actually tuning into the Checking masses in. and seeing what you guys are saying so if I'm you are sorry. in charge you'd, you'd have to have someone like trailing you like telling you well surveys say <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the how else are you gonna know okay so speaking of labor and it being important and having value. I have a question, and it's more like a a bad faith question, like a, I gotcha. Ooh, but, <laughs> I love it. A potential comeback to right. people, because I think one of the, the not one of the first things, because usually they'll, they'll bring up Stalin or something first, but one of the early retorts you'll get when you people find out you're a communist is, well, who's going to work all those jobs? Nobody wants to work. Yeah. And this is less because you'll just get like, oh, but the, you know, communism killed a hundred bagillion yeah, people. Yeah, you'll get that first. Don't but worry. Th that's honestly more so from your online encounters or from just, you know, people who aren't really, they're just trying to rattle you. But like people who actually would discuss this with you and slightly more open-minded, I think, of a way... Yeah, who are like, okay, let's say we get there. Yeah, now what? Yeah, they're like, uh, I don't know if you've thought this through. You know, maybe this is a fairly intelligent person or what have you. And they say, who's going to do all the, who's going to go in the sewers? Who's going to clean the toilets? Yes. And my question is, what do we do now? Why is that a good solution? What we do now is pick a class of people to constantly have to do those things to get paid poorly and be treated poorly. Like that's not good either. <laughs> like it, it, there's an illusion of choice in, especially in this country of, you know, fucking American dream my ass of, Oh, you can be whatever you want to be. But at the end of the day, like we need people to, to do the hard work around here. Like we need people in service industry. We need people in maintenance and cleaning and like all kinds of stuff that are considered lower class jobs when they're like some of the most important jobs out there. Yeah. And I think to that point, it's this sort of fanciful, just completely fictional, infantile way of looking at, at just the numbers of, of jobs and everything. People have this kind of stupid pyramid scheme conception of, well, well yes, it's a shitty job and we're not going to pay people to do it. And it's going to, you know, be very hard work, but it's meant for someone just starting out and they're yes. going to toil and toil, but they're going to save a little and then they're going to go and work their way up to be the CEO of like whatever. There's just, there's no room. There's <laughs> no room for everyone to be a CEO. Like it's just not even. Or just a comfortable job even. Or I just mean, comfortable, white collar, whatever you want to say. Like there's, there's no your society will run out of people. <laughs> yeah, you need more people in these, you know, considered lower tier 
harder physical labor jobs. I mean, until you get real, you know, robust automation. Yeah. Robots that can do it without thinking too much um, Mm -hmm. to where you don't just create robot slaves. Um, As long as you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. So what, and it's just, just step back and look like that's, that's not going to work. That is not the scheme. First of all, that is even happening around you, let alone, would it be numerically possible for that to happen? You know, and if you look at who's actually working these jobs, who is a janitor, who is working at the fast food restaurant that you go to, or who's driving your Uber deliveries or whatever, these aren't all, you know, pimply face teens. Shout out no. to all the pimply face teens out there. I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> love the but teens. it's like, that's just not who's always driving our economy, nor really should it be what we ask people to do. I mean, if you yeah, want to I mean, work for extra spending money, fine. But that shouldn't be like expected of people. No, yeah. I mean, again, we talked about fucking child labor recently. I've been seeing more and more headlines on that, and it's terrifying. Like yeah. companies trying to make it seem cute. It's just the worst. <laughs> but but I feel like we're really close to grasping this. Like like Gen Z in particular, and like the call out thing of of nepo babies. You know, of mm-hmm. saying like, oh, like this this actor's kid is famous. Like realizing the connections there of like. Yeah, you have to be rich to pursue creative industries almost almost 100% of the time. Not like all, but like, especially like the more artsy you get, like who mm-hmm. the fuck is paying for that? You know, yeah. like you have to have someone that's willing to pay your rent while you figure shit out. Yeah. Who's super bad about that is journalists. They're Oh, they, yeah. they Because they do all like unpaid internships and mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Journalists, publishing, like a lot of creative fields are totally dependent on unpaid labor. I actually, I recently talked to some design students and and someone was like, what do I do if like, I feel bad about charging? And I'm like, don't stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, just don't work for free. You cannot do that. (laughs) Yeah. But I was really grateful for for the professor that I, I was with, like it was her class. She was like, try bartering if it's a friend like try to get a deal going and say like okay like is this a restaurant can i like eat a couple times a week for free or like try to strike up a deal without money if that feels better to you yeah and it you know takes it out of the market there's no taxes on either of those yeah that's the thing she's like (laughs) i know a guy who like got a whole bunch of shit like no taxes required all expense paid trips and whatever yeah and you know honestly you can say, oh, well, taxes do the education, everything. But they also go to cruise missiles. So, like, yeah, they don't do it. I, I'm <laughs> mad about taxes now. I used to. Yeah. When I was a, a good old lib, I was like, well, at least I'm funding the schools. And it's like, bitch, you live in Texas. Your schools aren't getting funded. Yeah. <laughs> the football team's getting funded. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. I'm paying for a great new football field and also some missiles. Yay. Which yeah. your hometown football team, of course, we support them. It's not in season. So I hope they're doing well in the weight room. But uh, <laughs> no shade to you guys. yeah i just okay this also leads to my next topic can i go ahead uh we didn't tell or do you want to get in there we didn't solve this at all oh i'm sorry we just talked about how stupid that was well i guess i guess the comeback is like how does it work now like again like that that pyramid of people does not exist yes that's a good comeback now let's add on to it though and answer their question what would we do how do we do things one, heavily automating processes as much as we can, but also, like, do some fucking job rotations. Like, 
accept that there are some things that not everyone's gonna like and just be like all right guys like we have to fucking do these things it's not an option like let's all put our names on a list like let's be grown-ups about it yeah i mean that's that's for sure one way to get it done if you're still operating some sort of like you know socialist market economy or something like this pay them way more (laughs) yeah why not just jack up the rates on that and say you know we're gonna pay extra money because this is hard on your body Mm-hmm. This is unpleasant work, uh, whatever it is, or not necessarily unpleasant. Because, I mean, you know, I think a lot of the things that we, a lot of the shitty jobs we have now would not be so shitty if they were properly valued. For If what, they were paid more and had, like, actual vacation days and health care and all that stuff, you know, if you could go home in a reasonable hour. Because a lot of the things, like, a lot of the time people are stringing two or three of these shitty jobs together. And so they have no time to take care of themselves. Yeah, so you would have to just have labor regulations there. You would have <laughs> That's to a laugh. have good, you know, above average pay for that to convince people to do this who otherwise they don't have. They should not have the incentive of starvation and homelessness and these horrible guns we point at people to say, you better do this terrible work. They, we should not have that in our system. So we should instead have carrots rather than sticks right we should be convincing them better perks more days off or in france for example they're not a socialist country but still they have an an earlier you know they're doing the big retirement protests and everything they have an early retirement for like sanitation workers because those guys are you know lifting stuff and taxing their backs totally their whole life they need to retire earlier so we would do something like that you know yeah yeah i mean for me in my little commie brain once i get to the point of like well what we're taking away the the threat of starvation already like let's just get rid of money (laughs) but it's okay if you need to you know bring someone in slowly start there of like hey let's pay these people more and then they say from where be like well look at who has record profits do you want to start with them (laughs) for sure yeah i mean there's the money is there the money's fucking there don't let anyone ever tell you it's not there right the other thing I think is that as you're doing that, as you're making this a job that is not detestable, I, I think that one of the big things that's going to come away is that is the social detestability of a lot of these jobs. Yes. Like they're looked down on as, damn, that person could only get that job. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wow, cool. Like that's a very qualified person who lives really comfortably. Yeah. And it's like, also kind of interesting is like, damn they chose to do that like that's kind of risky or that's kind of hard like why do they do that like it's and it's and gradually because the boot will have to dry off over time but gradually as a society we're going to start to look at people and and that stigma is going to go away right and we're going to say well you i'm really grateful that these that people are doing these jobs they are providing these services for me that I obviously think should be there, you know, so I can enjoy this thing. And we're not going to have that stupid uh, cognitive dissonance that's there where it's like, I think that this needs to be done, but I don't want to let someone survive <laughs> off of being off of doing that for a living. You know? No, I mean, it, we all know it. The people that work the hardest get paid the least and it's insane. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's that's kind of that would be our approach to it. To kind of build off of that, yeah, this system sucks, is completely unfair, but here's how our system would be better, you know? Yeah, and I, I guess my thing with 
the original comeback of like, how does it work now is also like, nobody, for the most part, nobody's like dreaming of it now. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who are like, yeah, I genuinely love like, working sewer maintenance or whatever. That's awesome. But like, the motivations now are, are pure survival, for the most part, like, it's, it's not like, again, the illusion of choice is just really upsetting to me, I guess. Yeah. And I think it would be great to better align people because you got to think that there are some people who genuinely would enjoy being like a server or a barista. Yeah. yeah. Like a, someone who like is a people person and wants to chat with people like all that. But you also like are appropriately compensated and you don't have to work crazy long shifts and mm-hmm. like you have time, you get to take vacation days without it being a whole fucking thing. Like, yeah. yeah. So instead of staring at your screen, looking at an Excel spreadsheet and wondering <laughs> how can time possibly move this slowly, you can go do something you like and be paid a comparable amount. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. And then someone who is forced to do that, but really has, you know, more of an aptitude for that sort of thing that you were doing, provided it's not health insurance stuff because that's gone. You, you that job won't be there. <laughs> Don't worry about something, that. Something like it, right? You'll have a lot of health admin jobs, but yeah. Yeah, I think just removing that market mechanism will greatly sort out, help sort people into what they should do. You know what they're what they would be happier doing. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it's gonna be perfect, but I no. think it'll be markedly better oh what was your next your next thing to move on to on that so this ties in pretty well with another topic i have um it's a book i'm reading by becky chambers the book is called record of a spaceborn few um now becky chambers you and i have talked about before uh she's the one that wrote the psalm for the wild built series okay yeah yeah so like we're definitely talking about that for the show at some point like we've already talked about it a little bit amongst ourselves but this is actually like the third book in a series. But you don't, I don't think you need to read the first two to get into it. Like you might need to do a Google for some of like the, the alien species or something. But this one really focuses in on a group of people called the Exodians. And the premise is these are humans who like they fucked up Earth and they're like, all right, we got to leave. And so <laughs> they all get on ships and they are just like wanderers of the stars, you know, like they just, that's their life now is on ships. And when they left, they made like a very conscious decision of like, Hey, we can't fuck up again. And so (laughs) they have this really interesting, pretty socialist society. And I've been like highlighting like crazy, like, Ooh, that's a good idea. Like it's, (laughs) it's a great read. Um, some of my favorite features, uh, one, just like the structure of the ship, it, it's organized by by hexes, like hexagons, like, okay. a, like a beehive kind of. Yeah, like a sieve board. <laughs> yeah, like a Catan board. Yeah. <laughs> Every house is like a, a hexagonal and like the, those are your rooms and there's like a, a middle spot. And then every neighborhood is made up of, of six hexagons too and you have like a courtyard in the middle and then so on and so on to build out the districts and like it has like those micro districts like we talked about in the soviet union where like you can pretty much get anything you need in the district um so that's really cool uh they don't really have money they do bartering but only for like extra stuff like you'll always have food to eat and a place to sleep like that's like a kind of a saying they have but if you know want to go get some you know fancier food or something you might trade 
something that you have that's like nice. They have a job office. And this is also why I was thinking about sanitation stuff. Every person, like no matter your, you know, rank on the ship or whatever, has to do sanitation duty, like the admiral down to like a teen just starting, like every so often your name gets pulled from the lottery and you have to go do it. The job office also like provides training both for like teenagers to like figure out what they want to do. And also if you want to switch careers, like you can go to them and be like, hey, I need something new. You elect your boss and, you know, obviously you don't have money, so they're not paid more. So this is just like, I think this guy would be good at this. They don't use the term unions. They use the term guilds, but it seems to be like kind of that structure of the guilds discuss amongst each other, like what they need from other services and stuff like that. Like they... They seem to be kind of an electoral body. Mm-hmm. Oh, and their security force. Um, one of the jobs that's in the lottery that you just get assigned randomly, almost like jury duty, is like you do a ride along with with the patrol to make sure like they're not being corrupt and shit. So they always have a civilian with them. Interesting. Not cool. So how do they even choose? You know, who's the admiral and all this stuff like this, like ranks. It doesn't seem to be like heavily ranked. Like, I don't know. I know there's like an admiral for each ship because it's a whole fleet of ships. And I don't know exactly how those are picked. I imagine the guilds maybe would choose them or maybe everybody votes for them. I'm not sure. But there's not a ton of hierarchy besides that. It's really just like you go to your, you know, your job and you have a boss that you voted for and then you have your home life. And that is it's very much like an extended I hesitate to say roommate situation because that has such a bad connotation, but it's <laughs> it's like, you know, it's you do spend a lot of time with your neighbors, but mm-hmm. like people just make it work. They're like, yeah, it's so-and-so's turn to cook tonight. Like you always rotate who's cooking. But yeah, it just sounds really fucking cool. <laughs> it's kind of a commune situation. It's very commune. That's a lot of dispossessed sort of vibes there. Of They have like the jobs office and that's cool. It's super cool. I am really interested that it's from multiple perspectives. There's one guy who like just shows up like he's new. And so he's like, he's trying to figure out the culture. Keeps trying to buy things. <laughs> Money. <laughs> baby, baby. <laughs> but yeah, like he, he's just like kind of bumbling. Like he, someone had to explain the sanitation thing. Like that's why they offered you that job. Cause you know, you just showed up and that's you owe 10 years of work basically <laughs> oh. like, you need to like and it wasn't even like you literally have to work for 10 years but just saying like hey you can't just come in here and like eat all our food and shit like you can and we'll feed you but like to really get respect here you have to like do the dirty work too yeah that makes sense you have to become a part of the community and we've done that from the beginning how, yeah i mean how many times have we done latrine duty and you just now show up you know yeah. And it is, it reminds me of the dispossessed in the sense that they are facing resource shortages a lot because they're like constantly scavenging for parts and fixing the ship because these are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of year old ships. And so they're mm. constantly patching it. Everything's a little, you know, reused, you know, you're going to sew patches into your clothes, things like that. And and there is a like cultural worry that the young people are getting like seduced by the idea of like going off and getting rich on creds in the rest of the like galactic oh. commons. So I don't know. It's just it's really interesting. I'm super like I'm only like a hundred pages in, I think, and I'm like I it, there's like four hundred pages more. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> that is cool. I definitely have to check this out. So the Exodians they live 
They live on a ship? They live on several ships called the Fleet. Okay, so they're so they, like they Tally all, and Mass Effect sort of thing, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very much like a migrant community. I think they just circle around one sun, though. They don't necessarily like wander anymore. Eventually, one of the other like alien species were like, hey, we're not using the sun. Like, There's no planets <laughs> around it. Do you want to hang out there? So You want to yeah, make this your RV park? Yeah, basically, they're just orbiting around it. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the universe, the rest of the universe, the rest of the galaxy, I guess, like there's a couple of different alien species. And um, it's just, it's really an interesting contrast, I guess, because I had read some of the other books in the series, which do have like credits and things, you know, the the generic space term for money. <laughs> credits are dead. Credits are dead. <laughs> this is an inside joke from our D&D campaign, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just been really lovely getting to know this world and and the cultural like the cultural ideas behind it. Like Exodians are known for being really pacifist and being just very responsible. And like there was a scene where someone stole from the cargo bay, and they're like, the woman was so upset because she was like, they did this so they could get something faster, but what they've done is made everyone else wait longer. You know? Yeah. Like, there's a real sense of justice that I find really interesting. That's one of the things, you know, I think maybe it will have in common with the dispossessed that we talked about is, like, how it kind of would flip things, too, you know? So you're saying it's talking about, oh, someone's cutting a line. They're not thinking about... They're, they're just thinking about themselves, but they're not thinking about what that does to the collective. The fl- what How the dispossessed did that flip of... Um, one sense of freedom or, you know, one sense of like obligation to others and how that's like, that is a freedom is to have this sense of, I need to be a part of this community rather than just look out for only me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, it's just so interesting. Like they, they have uh, chapters about like the uh, like sex workers. It's like a public good that they provide or like, yeah, people need that. <laughs> and just everything is, is, you know, publicly provided for you, but it, it's just extra things that you can tack on to it. Like, I think they have like a food stand market kind of thing, which that would be where all my trading stuff would go. I'd be like, I'll draw you pictures for food, <laughs> for tasty food. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, it's just really cool. I love this author. I've been tearing through her work lately. So just anything by Becky Chambers is always cool, queer, hint of like socialism so highly recommend yeah i definitely got that in psalm for the wild built this yeah that's a fucking good book i mean it was a narco you know it, it was, was. a narco communist narco socialist sort of like libertarian socialist kind of thing i think but i dug it that was one of my earliest sort of tendencies i think in on the left and it's i think it really speaks a lot to people's generally like kind of innate sense of your kindergarten sense of not to, <laughs> not to belittle it. No, your kindergarten sense of like justice and um, fairness, you know, and truly, equality. Yeah. Like think about how primal that is. Like that's the first time someone's teaching you rules and morals for the most part. I mean, your parents tell you some things, but it's the first time you're in a real social setting and you're taught to share and you're taught to be considerate and all that stuff. And Somewhere along the way, we have to say, actually, no, don't do that. <laughs> have you seen that? I've, I've seen this post uh, a couple of times now where someone's like, it's weird when you're a raised Christian and people are always like, 
oh, you got to, you know, share and do it to others and all this stuff. And then at some point they're like, you're not actually supposed to do that shit, you socialist. (laughs) Not like that. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that, but extremely accurate. So, yeah, maybe if you're, you know, you've, you've been steeped in a little bit more of the advanced, you know, 201, 300 level, 400 level courses here. (laughs) probably don't lead with most of that you know with your regular with your outside acquaintances and stuff you know appeal more to their initial sense of right and wrong and things and and build on that get them into babies first babies first (laughs) socialism anarchism that sort of stuff of like just let's let's be nice like let's let's build a good a good world for people let's share and provide for everybody yeah. And flesh out the details as they're ready. <laughs> and I think that's what I love so much about sci-fi that gets into this, like the Dispossessed in this book, is it gives you a chance to dream a little and get excited about all the little details. And and it can be a really good example to to show to other people, too, of like, hey, check this out. Like, that's kind of cool, right? And I, I also think in both of those cases, it... It is like, this is something I've heard. I mean, honestly, from my husband is, is I just think communism is, I think it's cool, but like, that's like thousands of years from now. Like we need to evolve as a species to get there. And I'm like, okay, so you can admit like, it's the better choice. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like people know it's even a lot of, yeah. Anti-communists will be like, sure. It sounds good on paper. Like they just say, Mm -hmm. that sounds great, but. Yeah. Like it's very utopian. And what I like about both the dispossessed and this book is that it is almost dystopian it could have gone dystopian really fast they're both forged in these really horrible situations of like hey we're on a desert planet with no fucking resources or hey we're all on a ship we just lo- fucking destroyed our last planet like let's get our shit together you yeah, know or like a uh, song for the wild built they they had yeah you know, they I, had environmental collapse too yeah so i i think that's really interesting that it it does I will admit it does in all those cases kind of require an evolution of humans, not like physically necessarily, but it is such a massive culture shift that's brought on by external forces. So like, oh, maybe climate change will do it. (laughs) Climate change. Come on. Global revolution. There's lots of things, you know, lots lots of of things that can fundamentally change the world. I mean, we're living uh, in a fundamentally changed world from a number of events in our own lifetime. Mm Mm-hmm. They were like, how could we possibly, how could the world have been like it was before the pandemic, before 9-11, before, you know, like there's all these, all this shit that happens that you can't predict. Record of a space-born few. Check that out. It's really fucking good. I'm only a third of the way in and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we were talking about jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to kind of speculate. This occurred to me today. What sort of professions do we think, we mentioned one earlier, health insurance. No. What sort of professions do we think we'll just, we'll we'll get to eliminate? We're talking about like, how can we prop up the good ones that provide social value? But there are certain jobs that don't make the world any better. And there are certain jobs that actively make the world worse. So some professions that we think will go away or be, you know, radically changed professions, fields, what have you. In socialism, anarchism, communism, all that, you know, one, the, the, the reason I thought of this was <laughs> I was just, I was just on Wikipedia, you know, and I saw somebody there. So Conrad Hilton, he was like the hotel 
magnate guy, Hilton. You know, I mean, that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but his son, his, you know, Wikipedia is always like, was an American, blah, 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 and they just list what you did. So he was an American socialite. So I was just first, I was just like, socialite. This this is what Wikipedia says when you, <laughs> you didn't do jack shit. You were just he rich. Just rich. That was what that means. <laughs> you had no worth to anyone. You partied and were rich. You were we can socialite. get rid of that category entirely. Now you can be social. You can be like, that's, that's Bill. He's the party guy. <laughs> yeah, or but you that's not the way you, that's not the way you contribute to society. This isn't your job. That's just, may, you I mean, if you're, to come if to you're your that party. fun, then I would, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you've always got a karaoke machine. You know the best cocktails. Okay, you're, you're <laughs> making point, me rethink like my a, socialite stance. <laughs> well, that's more like a party, maybe a party planner. Okay, <laughs> but, yeah. But you participate in the party that you planned, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, or you're just like a hired crew for the party planner. It's like, There's oh, entertainment we're gonna, companies. We're going to bring in the socialites, and they're going to really make this thing pop, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I feel like a socialite is more like social connections and shit. It's like, no, oh, that's yeah. so-and-so. They know this person, and then they're like, you know. It's people that have more money than, yeah. than they know what to fucking do with. So we're eliminating socialite as a that's done. potential future, you know, Wikipedia description of you. Mm-mm. You cannot be that in a socialist communist society, anything. Uh, what else do you think we could eliminate? I think most parts of corporate America, they, I don't know if they're necessarily going to go away, but they're going to ha- probably be cut in half <laughs> at least. Which parts um, are you talking about? Like management or like the C-suite people? Is this, That's the executive people, right? Yeah, I'm thinking more, I mean, those, yeah, a lot of those guys don't do fucking anything. So like <laughs> one, we'll get rid of all the like, extra companies because you know we don't need a million brands or whatever yeah and we'll you know get rid of like we said the health insurance industry all that bullshit stuff um and those will be more admin focused but i'm thinking of things i'm going after my own kind i'm going after the marketing people i'm going after metrics like we can still have those but they're going to be completely different set of goals like like i'm keep thinking that fucking ghoulish powerpoint you sent la- uh, the last shoot in the shit of like yeah users won't like it but whatever <laughs> like <laughs> but that's that fine. won't be a thing you can do anymore yeah or like so there's this term called dark ui have you heard of this oh no what is it's, this it's not good <laughs> so this is um a, a pattern or, or something you employ on your website or app or whatever that is kind of meant to trick your user Um, Mm. or lead them to whatever it is you want them to do that maybe ordinarily they would not want to do. So tricky. (laughs) And a good example of this is, uh, I'm going to call out Dropbox. Don't cut me off, Dropbox, but you got to fix your shit. I have multiple Dropbox accounts, so I'm always signing in and out of my account. Uh, That button is in the very top right of your screen when it first loads. But as it loads in, it scoots over and then it's like a button for, I can just look it up. Like upgrade or something? Yes, yes. Pay us more money. Yeah. View so upgrade options. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the button. Yes, that's the one. And I always fucking click it by accident. And I'm like, God damn it, I don't want to buy anything. I just want to get to my shit. <laughs> TurboTax is another. I mean, they're going away, first of all. Sure, um, yeah. But, but they're they really the bad government about for it. their position. <laughs> they do. Like, that's not going to be cool. Um, they're really bad about it. Like I did my taxes last week and I was like, please stop trying to trick me into buying things. I just Mm want to like do my fucking taxes. So shit like that. You can't do that anymore. And like you're, you won't do it anymore because your motivations again will be different. 
Right. I guess unless you work for the <laughs> branch of the, you know, security forces or whatever that are like, hey, we're trying to root out, you know, fascist, uh, mm. imperialist moles Click here and shit. For- for fascist propaganda, and then, like, we gotcha. Yeah, yeah, stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. Undercover, sting, stuff maybe you can trick them into. <laughs> or things people don't want to do, like, oops, I accidentally set up a dentist appointment. <laughs> I guess I gotta go now. That's. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would feel upset about it, but I, I'd also, be like, thanks for yeah, making I needed me do to that. Do that. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> All right. I had advertising on my list too, or yeah, fuck you know, I guess sort of the marketing thing. Now, a related job would be propaganda. You're not going to, I mean, like competitive. I don't need any of that shit, right? Like you were saying, consolidate. You don't need, you know, all these different redundant varieties of the same thing. You can just have the guys that are telling you, go be uh, a service worker, go do this, go, you know. Mm-hmm. The industry needs you. We are like, you know, be nice to people who do things <laughs> for you. to share. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I would think too, because admin is going to be such a huge lift in this society that we're cooking up. Um, UI and UX is going to continue to be very important, but again, retooled for like a nicer purpose. But like, oh, you're, yeah. you're going to have a lot of systems to run. Yeah. And instead of having, I mean, at this point, it seems like every company racking its brain to figure out how can we steal your data how can we steal your data (laughs) how can we you know route all phone calls to be like impervious to uh, just just completely robotically run through a thing you know how can we make sure we never have we're never talking to anyone never actually fixing anything yeah just Mm -hmm. just all this like because it's very opaque um Mm -hmm. Instead of having all that, you actually have, you know, maybe a fifth of all that, you know, very small in comparison to what it is now, dedicated to actually trying to, and they're, and they're, the metrics guys are what, you know, they're, they're out there trying to measure this and see, are they actually improving services for people in the commune? You know, are they making things better? Are they, uh, are people responding positively to their efforts? You know, all this. Metrics guys, congrats. You now work for the mass line. Yeah, hell yeah. You're our mass line guys. (laughs) But I mean, I I just keep thinking about this because I was just talking to students about like design careers and stuff. And I mean, I was telling them like designs everywhere, like no matter what fucking industry you're in, like it's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will get drastically reduced when we get rid of capitalism, but it'll still be there. And but what's cool about that is that like I know so many designers who like also have other interests in in either visual arts or other areas, and so you know maybe you do work half and half you know some of the propaganda factory, but also you do you know outside work or maintenance or something else because like for me like as a creative person I really value bouncing back and forth between different projects because like this this podcaster that I love he said something like. Um, I think creativity is making connections between weird stuff and like being able to like, you just have to intake a lot of junk (laughs) and then your brain like puts it together in new weird ways. And I think that it, that is why you want to be able to have like a good full life so you can like be inspired. I I don't know. I, I think there's a real potential there for the arts. Like, I don't think it's like, you know, you might be able to be employed as a full-time artist, like for sure that has a value in society and everything, but like 
there's nothing wrong with also like having other gigs too. Dude. Yeah. And that's, I guess another thing kind of parallel to this is the concept of locked in careers. Yes. Would also be a thing of, uh, that to dismantle and, uh, not to destroy for anyone who wants it, but to free yeah, people from like having, it, yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I, it was something you said there about just having that, that full life. This is going to be holistic. There's, there's no one thing. We're, we're, we're fully utopian in this. Oh episode. yeah. I'm, Mark's turn is great. He's, he's just like, what the fuck? He's pulling this is going to be figured beard. out in the revolution. And I get it, but <laughs> let us have fun. <laughs> you know, if, if we're going to build anything that's good, it's going to not be anything like, you know, where we have people, uh, you, you know, you're waking up too early. You're driving too far. Oh God. Every time I drive, I'm just like, why doesn't a fucking high speed rail exist? <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a it's a hazard to your life that you take every day. That's true. And like job. I could be reading a book. I don't get motion sick on trains. I only get motion sick if I'm in a car. <laughs> no, yeah, cars are one of the <laughs> driving is one of the deadliest things that, that Americans do oh, yeah. so regularly. But you, you know, you drive too far, you sit too long, you stare too long at a screen, you have too short of a break, you spend too little time with the people you love you come back home and you're too drained to do anything that would be beneficial to you that would expand your horizon anyway and so you go back to the familiar and you do too many rewatches of things not to hate on rewatch i, I rewatch things, i rewatch like, a lot that's most a lot of, of times we just don't have the energy to find to something to engage <laughs> with something new yeah yeah, because you're so like, I mean, I put off watching really intense or sad things. I'm like, I don't want to be sad on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, that's, you know, that's what we're trying to free people from and give people a more holistic, Im- holistically improved life where they can walk and encounter different people. They can, they have robust public transport. Uh, they spend less time at their job the their job is more socially productive and not harming people they have uh, more time to spend with their loved ones to go do fun things they have you know way more ex- just uh what is it called disposable income that they can just you know do whatever they want with we we want it to be luxurious you know we and, do and we do people are going to find i think in that in that far off land of plenty (laughs) (laughs) that we, you ever hear people say like, yeah, but I'm just not creative. Oh my gosh. Every fucking day, basically. Okay. Draw a stick figure. (laughs) And yeah, whether it's arts or just thinking or what, you know, so many people are in that rut in their lives that I think could be freed from that within this society and discover that maybe they aren't the world's greatest guitar player. You know, but, but maybe they it's do fun. have, yeah, they have a creative spark that they can figure out what they want to do with, you know, and they have the time to enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the Nepo babies, like the only people who have access to art education and, and the time it takes to try to eke out a success in a very competitive field. Like, you know, uh, pitching a book is a great example. Like most agents will not take anything besides a finished book, a finished manuscript, a finished script, whatever. That's free work you've done. You, years yeah. of free work. And yeah. what fucking time do normal people have to do that? None. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I only got it because I have a cushy gig and like it gives me enough time to do that. 
And I just think about that so often. Like I was very blunt with those students of like, hey, this this career's gonna fuck you if you let it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this, even just college in general. Like, if you're trying to work a full time job and and do this, like you, you might wash out. I'm not saying that. It's just the, the fact of the matter is like you have to be very privileged in order to do well in in college and intense programs like that. Yeah, that's it's fucked up. It's kind of another thing too that will be lovely in our commune is you don't have to worry about the you know harshness uh, the struggle that it would be to make a living doing that thing you can just kind of like do it for fun and who knows how many people like to say this you know actually i have i've heard this more with with very reactionary people who are like like uh anti-abortion people who would be like oh mm. how many We've aborted the person who would have cured cancer or what have you, right? <laughs> like, same token. Yeah. How many awesome minds have, have gone, not to waste, but like, whose dreams have we deferred? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. And it doesn't have to be the biggest breakthrough or whatever. You know, the uh, how, how many songs do you enjoy that aren't classically the best songs, <laughs> right? Uh, but still, like, you, you could have someone who had the freedom to produce you know these things that you can enjoy whether they are high art or low art or whatever or whether or not you get to enjoy them if it's just that person getting to express themselves and no one else ever sees it it's still a good thing i think totally totally oh man we're feeling utopian today (laughs) yeah for real oh sorry papa marks (laughs) let us have nice things but so it's good you know uh, a little reevaluation of that, as Mark said, you shouldn't plan everything out to a T. We're not doing that. We're gonna, yeah, we're this. This is how it's going to be, and then write it down and like, you know, Robert Owen style, make rules or, about it. Yeah, go go do a colony that says you have to do. You know, mm-hmm. that would be utopian, I think. But just speculating, especially if you're just like hanging out with your comrades. Yeah, that's is, fine. We're gonna write ourselves and you guys a pass for that. <laughs> <laughs> We say it's okay, and we're the arbiters of communism, clearly. (laughs) The two true communists. (laughs) Everyone else, not real. Uh, (laughs) You have to be in our faction, though. Like, our faction, best faction. Yeah, but I'm in, like, ten factions, so it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have aliases for them all, or or do you know that you're... (laughs) I wear, like, ten different buttons at the same time. (laughs) Uh, and you probably change factions every day. Like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, Abby was asking me about that sort of thing, like of the tendencies and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I'm mainly a Marxist-Leninist, but like, well, Marxist-Leninist, Maoist, mostly. And then it's like, depending on the day, I'm more that or more like anarcho. Eh, it depends on when you catch me. Yeah, if I'm but, like, you know, in a good mood, feeling good about society i might go ancom and which is most of the time yay medication for depression but if i'm like real spicy and i'm just like fuck everything we just need someone to get these fuckers in line then i'll probably be a little more (laughs) mlm just like yeah fuck it we need a violent (laughs) revolution right fucking now (laughs) i mean at the end of the day we all end up ancom you know we we all end up there so they just want to take the shortcut take us directly there and i hope sure if they succeed and if they start it, uh, then we will 
we will help. We'll be there. Uh, speaking of getting rid of people, landlords, obviously. Obviously. No, no we just don't need those. The don't most related job I could come up with for here would be like housing management for like the state. There's yeah, no yeah. Involved, like the chief leech uh, aspect of <laughs> landlordism. The thing they really love, getting the money. They mm-hmm. wouldn't get to do it. They but just people, get to assign people housing. Yeah, well, people who like to, you know, go fix problems for people who... Which is totally not most landlords, but still, no. like, that would be what the field changed to. Would be <laughs> People who actually want to, like, help people who live in, you know, state housing and stuff, like, help them with their issues. Like a maintenance work Yeah, like maintenance thing. and shit. Yeah, 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 totally. But, yeah, some professions, I, I think they're, they're going away. Totally. Police? Police, yeah. The most generous interpretation is, is drastically... I mean, dissecting everything they do and redirecting that to, like, actual beneficial services. Yeah. That one's, though, I think we hit upon this in an earlier episode. They kind of have to be treated like Confederate officers. It's like they're they're enemies of the state (laughs) and they have to prove otherwise. I mean, they They got to do some retraining. Yeah, they got to pass some tests. Yeah, I think that definitely class enemies. I mean, you you cannot just... This funny story from class today. I was just having to do some questions to kind of intro them to what we're going to be talking about today, this week, the Civil War. And one of them, he's he's doing his questions. He's like, I think they should have guillotined Robert E. Lee. (laughs) This kid's fucking rules. That's how I go over to like, wait, what? Because we're just working independently. Uh Whatever he's saying, them. So I'm like, he just said that out loud. What? Yeah. (laughs) To nobody in particular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And he's like, well, he, you know, he was, he led this army and they, they killed so many people and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, and that's, that's, that's really bad. He should have been punished. They just let him go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, well, there were people who, you know, people who agreed, I guess, you know, cause they had the guillotine <laughs> by that point, 1860s, to, I'm sure. Maybe they weren't calling specifically for that, but there were definitely more than a few oh, yeah. uh, widows in the north and, and you know, mothers who'd lost their sons that were saying, I would like that guy to be hung from the highest tree, you know? I mean, if you want to get technical, isn't treason punishable by death? Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Legally, maybe. <laughs> like, I think they should have guillotined him. Like, Dope, dude. <laughs> cool, Yeah. Usually I'm not into that, but, but you yeah. both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> when was the guillotine made? Well, I mean, they had it in the French Revolution. I don't know specifically yeah. when, but I guess that's 1793. So 17-somethings. Mm-hmm. 1789, something like that. I mean, it wasn't new on the scene for the Civil War then. the guillotine? Give me a history. 1789. It's kind of late on the scene. I love the... You, you, you've seen the... The pictures of, that look like sort of a demonstration uh, picture <laughs> no. of the guillotine. No, let me look it up. Uh, yeah. I'll put it in the chat in case you have a different one. It's just like, and here we have the severed head. As you can see, you put the subject in the guillotine, you draw the string, and then voila. Out drains the blood cleanly into whatever vessel you place there. You can hold the head aloft to show it to the crowds. <laughs> a lovely and humane end to your enemies. 
Wow, that's such like a cheerful drawing. <laughs> it's just like very civilized little George Washington looking motherfuckers. <laughs> it's just George Washington. <laughs> wow. Okay, why is one taller? One guillotine? Mm-hmm. I thought that that was an attempt at like perspective or something. I, I couldn't tell either. They're... No, they're, that's they're some right crazy beside each other. That would be stupid. That would be like, I'm not great at perspective, but even I know that. No, that's not correct. I don't know. I just <laughs> I've seen this one before, and that's really good. Quite gruesome. <laughs> is there a reason the blade is angled? Is it like if it's straight down, it doesn't chop as good? Yeah, it's supposed to kind of like mm. chef's knives. Yeah, I was gonna say like a Japanese chef knife. Yeah, love that. <laughs> okay, just a brief <laughs> little guillotine rabbit hole. We would not course. be a communist podcast without talking about guillotines. It's true. <laughs> oh. uh, do you have something cool on the list? Or do you want me to do... I've got a you couple do one. things, if you want. I've been doing things. Bring me bring me down. We've had enough utopianism. Tell me something sad. All right, something sad. North Dakota. You heard about these guys? I mean, it's a sad... I'm, I almost said it's a sad state. What if we have a listener there? I can't be mean to people anymore. If you... Well, if but if you do, then maybe they'll email you. We had Dirk from Iowa, yeah, was it? that's true. Corrected us on it. But yeah. only if you like to be corrected like me. Will that be a good thing? <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm neutral towards it. I'm mm. like, it's like the dentist appointment. Like, I'm mad about it, but also thank you. <laughs> <laughs> North Dakota, I don't have a problem with them. It seems cool. Well, it seems cold a lot of times. They're the ones you see up there. It's like two degrees. Cool. Yeah, that's fucking Canada. <laughs> uh, so they, well, they're in the news for several things. One that I saw today, they joined the joined the club of states that are doing anti-trans bills of like of the, course no <laughs> you know this the sports bills or whatever yeah yeah those maps at this point it's just it's all red in terms of who's doing what yeah uh this particular part was not to do with that i mean that sucks but like the, the thing sucks. that i was reading about before that was from an article in vice by roshan abraham North Dakota Senate rejects free school lunches, then votes to increase its own meal budgets. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, the school budgets. Okay, fuck these guys. <laughs> it's like an onion headline. <laughs> truly, truly. Like, yeah. You know, all that all that depriving children made me hungry. Let's order some steaks, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So, Ugh. this week they voted 26 to 21 to increase the meal budget for state employees, including senators. So previously they were at a measly allowance of $7 for breakfast, $10 for lunch, and $17 for dinner. Uh, I mean, that's not very much. Not much. I mean, but North Probably Dakota goes, money. I was going to say it goes further in North Dakota. I'm like, here I could get, you know, how much was lunch? But it's also just your ass. Like, it's it's not, you're not buying for people $10 for lunch. $10? Yeah, I could. Do I know a you're a senator, lunch. but come on, like, get, <laughs> order off the dollar menu, shit. Yeah, like you'll be fine. Bring it from home. <laughs> yeah, and and then say you got breakfast, but actually spend that on lunch, and mm-hmm. then you have a nicer lunch. Now they get nine dollars, fourteen dollars, and twenty-two dollars respectively. Twenty-two dollars—that's a pretty good meal. Like you could get a steak for that and a drink. Well, I don't know about a steak and I don't a know. drink, but no, you'd probably only get one. Yeah, I don't know. Dallas prices are crazy right now, so who fucking knows? Uh, the bill is expected to cost half a million dollars a year. Jesus Christ. 
expected cost. That's what they funded it as was mm-hmm. half a million dollars a year. When the week before last, as of I think release time, I think that's how I calculated it, the North Dakota Senate rejected a bill by one vote to provide near universal free school lunches. Jesus Christ. It would have provided free school lunches to all families that were at 200% of the federal poverty line or lower. Uh, so this would be for a family of three it would be 49,000. Initially the way they proposed it was just universal free lunch. No means tests, but they lower, they kind of watered that down for Republicans. It was going to cost $3 million a year. They said no. Uh, one of the senators, a Mike Wobema, said, Yes, I can understand kids go hungry, but is that really the problem of the school district? Is that really the problem of the state of North Dakota? Whose fucking problem is it? Sounds like maybe you have a bad situation. Then uh, a week later, he said, Yes, I understand a senator's are hungry. <laughs> but sounds like I need Let's to fix get that. get us some more money. Oh yeah. my God, what a shit. I think I saw this on Twitter the other day. It's like that that's somebody's like test issue with somebody is like, Hey, how do you feel about free school lunches? Oh no, this was, this was my hairdresser actually. Mm. Um, and she was like, yeah, that's, that's my first question is like, how do you feel about that? And like, that tells me everything about what kind of person that is. Like, are you an asshole or not? <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, are you okay with kids going hungry? Okay, moving on. Next. Next person, please. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, liberals should be fine with this. Yeah. Like, this is not radical shit. You're forcing no, uh, children to be somewhere all day for 12 years of their lives. You could just fucking feed them. And, like, yeah. the only reason we have a semblance of some free lunches today is because the fucking Black Panthers did it. You know, there, there, there's technocratic reasons to support it and that it's like just good to you know it's in terms of results of kids performing better in schools but more you know and that's 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 for your loser friends you know but like, your metrics guys <laughs> yeah but like it's it's incredible in terms of a poverty fighting it's it's not the end all be all or anything but it, it does help people in the moment yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, like, <laughs> what is, what is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by the Panthers, obviously, in that, like, they, they got that done. But really, the reason they got that done is because people were like, well, we don't want people to be as radical as them. So we need to offer this ourselves. So, like, what could we do to scare people into doing it? Like, go out there with mutual aid, handing out free lunches, but, like, dressed as like killer clowns or something like well you don't want the killer clowns feeding your kids you better like do it yourself <laughs> no i mean honestly you could still just do communism that's just hand out little red books and <laughs> mm-hmm. they would they would be like oh no the, the ccp is gonna come take over yeah it sounds like you better feed your fucking kids or ccp's <laughs> going to we should all right there was a dude ah i don't remember where the hell this was let me look it up i think it was in west virginia let me see it was. It was in Vulcan, West Virginia. Vulcan, that's very exotic. In 1974 and 75, they had a bridge uh, that connected them basically to the rest of West <gasps> Virginia. I remember this story. You told me this story. I don't remember if it was on the show, but let's say it again because I liked it. <laughs> All right. Seasons repeat themselves and so can I. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the bridge had collapsed because of wood rot. And 
The mayor was trying to get the state to replace it. Nothing. Trying to get the federal government to replace it. Nothing. So he he reached out to the Soviet Union (laughs) and East Germany. Oh, it's amazing. And wrote a letter to them and requested foreign aid. The Soviet Union sent a journalist there to to see what was up. I love that they did that. Like, oh, we got to get the full scoop. (laughs) Within an hour of his visit, reporters were told that the state would replace the bridge. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So what we should do is just the same thing. We should all in North Dakota write letters. Write to Cuba. (laughs) Write to Cuba. Write to China. Write to Vietnam. Write to North Korea. Any communist country you can think of. Yeah, we're having trouble feeding our children. We would like aid from your country. Please send help. Send volunteers. Mm-hmm. Send, send abortion doctors. We need a lot of things. We, yeah, all solutions in this country. Let's start petitioning them, see how fast we can get these assholes oh. to start trying to fix things. I mean, truly, like, that is how you have to get things done in this fucking country is scaring people mm-hmm. with communism, but like yeah. in a way that doesn't get you killed. <laughs> in a very specific way. Yeah, for real. I mentioned on the show before how, you know, a large part of the thinking of lawmakers regarding civil mm-hmm. rights legislation was Cold War stuff. Was we don't yeah. want to keep being embarrassed by yeah. how bad we how bad our track record is here. Same thing with with labor laws in the 30s and and relief from the Great Depression was like, uh, well, we did just see what popped off in Russia. We can't do that here. Yeah, Roosevelt was able to to Roll into Congress and say, I am going to save your entire capitalist system. (laughs) And let's not, you know, hash it here. His entire capitalist system, too. He was thoroughly (laughs) capitalist. Uh I'm going to save this whole thing. Save you from the revolution out in the streets. Yeah, they got those guillotines. (laughs) Communist party numbers were soaring in the Midwest. Like, (laughs) they they were looking at farmer insurrection. Yeah all across so like yeah i mean that that's that's what that's what motivates things and that's why we can't listen to people who are like who who fetishize nonviolence mm-hmm. because this is sort of like telling your opponent you have no teeth i'm not yes. saying you have to go burn things down i'm fine with threatening people <laughs> yeah but that's the thing is you you want there to be an ominous threat of your numbers and what they could do you know yeah yeah like okay so this is off topic I was talking to someone about World War II and, you know, they kind of made the classic argument of like, well, we had to use the bomb. And I'm like, I don't think there's ever a situation where you have to do that. And also, I think a large part of it was like trying to scare the USSR and that's not okay. And and then like the person was like, well, they did consider testing it off the shore. I'm like, just just do that. That's scary enough, isn't it? (laughs) Like, come on. Can't you just threaten people? Yeah, I love a good threat. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I think combine that with the I, I, that may have scared them, to be honest, scared them enough into quitting. The they had to see that there was more than one for that to be effective. Because I think after the first one, they did think there was only one. Uh, yeah, they only had two, and they weren't sure if they're gonna work. Which I get. I'm like, we'll just take like a minute to make it. I mean, I know it's the two hard. tests. It's the forties. Two tests would have done it for Japan to have surrendered. Two tests out in the ocean and it would have been environmentally disastrous and everything. Very but bad. It would have been better I'm not into lives. bombing fish, but yeah. you know, if you gotta but do I mean, it, you gotta do it. You have all these cigar chomping generals like they they want something blown up. They're gonna use this weapon. We get it. Okay. If that's the route they're gonna take, 
okay, that is better because fewer people died. This does not solve the, it's a subordinate problem, but it's still a problem. Their main thing is trying to get Japan to surrender. But the other thing that they were hoping to achieve, which they did in our timeline is back the Soviets up and, and get Japan to surrender before the Soviets can come in and invade. If they do the testing and it, shakes Japan, but doesn't like leadership wise, um, but doesn't get them to surrender quickly enough. Then if the Soviets get any ground, then you're looking at a Korea situation. Okay. In that, which is what they were worried about is they, they were worried about splitting, uh, territory with them is one Got big it. part of it. That's stupid. And I hate it. Oh yeah. No, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. If we're giving children cancer, I'm not a fan. No, it was an, essentially unmitigated evil i like to mm-hmm. understand the reasons why people do evil things yeah but there's <laughs> it's still evil yeah and i i really i think we should have all shows where i have the chat window open and there's just a little tiny picture of a guillotine in the corner because <laughs> it, it makes me laugh every time i look at it <laughs> especially because it's it's so small in the corner it's like <laughs> little guys <laughs> just uh, a reminder of your might in numbers yes yes uh, so yeah, North Dakota, their yeah, Senate sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people of North Dakota, I'm sure, better than that. Surely. Uh, but their Senate, piece of fucking work. Yeah, man. It's, it's rough stuff. The hypocrisy bit aside, I think hypocrisy is dead in the year 2023. It doesn't work anymore. Like, these people have no shame. Do you remember, did you ever watch, uh, John Stewart's show coming up? I, yeah, like the, the new Daily one show? or the, the old one? The old one. The old one. Um, I did, yeah. That was like bread and butter. It was, that was peak. hypocrisy. Yeah, right? that was his fucking thing. He's still trying to play that game today. Yeah, I've seen some of that and it doesn't it never, you know, hits as hard now because it's just it's a it's kind of a lost art. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad and like he's getting close. I feel like he just needs a little push. He's a socked up, I think. I think if I met him and like got drunk with him, I feel like I could get him there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think he's he's a, he's a soft sock dem right now. He could be convinced to admit that he's a Marxist under the I right conditions. So. I mean, uh, there was a clip going around of him talking to, uh, oh, who was it? It was like some treasury fucker and, and talking about price gouging. Lawrence Summers. Sure, I don't know. It was just Got an old it. man. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, okay, like explain how there's record profits and, you know, stagnating wages and like all that stuff. Like he was so close to saying like, yeah, but the workers need this. You know, like he was so close. He was so close. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Just you like, I just want someone to like drop the manifesto right in front of them on the sidewalk or something. You know, it's like slide it under yeah. his door. Like, mm, eh. nah, I think a character like his is because I mean, he's a guy, but he's a character. Uh-huh, is uh-huh. more effective in that letting you fill it in the rest of it because yeah. for us we're kind of frustrated like say the next thing but other people are just making that journey you know and they don't want to be told they want to feel like they got there that's true he's a stealth agent yeah okay maybe he could just wink at us and be like i see you <laughs> <laughs> yeah he always wears a red tie or something <laughs> yeah we're reading into him i'm sure oh, yeah but. i'm sure i'm sure so anyway, sorry, you're, you brought him up. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. North Dakota hypocritical in this situation, of course. But I think like we mentioned before, we should just have nationwide or all the states should do universal school lunch laws. Mm-hmm. Currently, 
Colorado, California, Maine, and Minnesota have universal school lunch laws. (laughs) Those are also, like, probably, I don't know if it's one-to-one, but probably the only states that have explicit protections for trans people and, you know, all, all the good shit. My list, I call it gay weed abortion. The gay weed abortion list? The gay weed abortion list of cool places. The gua um, list. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I actually have a great sticker that says that. Um, if you just Google gay weed abortion sticker, you will find it. I think it's from <laughs> Cursed Lover on Instagram. It's a great get. Nice. It's rainbow and shiny. So seven states have introduced universal school meal legislation. Mm-hmm. So purportedly this will be debated or going through committees, various shit like that. What do these people fear? We were just talking about it. You know, they fear the masses. You know, they fear public pressure. They fear embarrassment. Uh, they fear, fear losing. They fear losing their power. Uh all these things. So what in whatever way you can bring to bear their fears to their doorstep in those in those realms alone, this is what we're encouraging you to do. Uh, these states are Washington, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, and North Carolina. Okay, time to get spooky. Yeah, so you know, tell these people, like, tell get and and not you like personally. We're not liberals. We're not trying to say like get on the phone and talk to your legislator. Go, yeah. But like, like get a do... fucking organization together. You know? All that did was get me on the fucking email list for Ted Cruz. So every now and then I look at my phone and I'm like, why is Ted Cruz emailing me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh but get together your comrades and like put pressure in on mass go bother them at the capitol and like mm-hmm. call them a shithead and when they're there and they're like look at these rude protesters what are these rude protesters doing and they put the mic in your face and be like we want all the kids at school to be fed like you're gonna go from rude protester protester to normal person you know yeah yeah like look at this monster who's not feeding children like fuck you Ugh. yeah my understanding is that new york is closer on the you know, a uh, spectrum of like closer to getting shit. Could done. happen. Yeah. So that'd be great. Pressure most applied there. Go bully some people for real. They, they deserve it. They signed Publicly up for harass it. them. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm we do over not condone it. Harassment. We do not condone uh, harassment. But like, not like assault or sexual harassment. No, I but just mean, they should call them be... names. There's no law against that. I can hurt people's feelings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They should like feel sad. They should feel bad about what they're doing. Yeah. Make like, them feel bad. If someone, if, if you, if you're one of our wealthier listeners and you are having a nice steak dinner mm. and some fucking Republican asshole or some Democratic asshole, I don't know <laughs> what party they're in. Honestly, they're the same person. You know, you see person. them over there and they're, you know, enjoying their three course meal and uh, no shame. I mean, you're having a three course meal. I like a three course meal is the thing. They're doing that well after after they just talk bad in committee about how kids don't deserve to eat. Yeah, then maybe the the rest of the steakhouse deserves to know what sort of a selfish prick this guy is. You know, I think so. And I mean, like, what what law have you broken? Maybe maybe you have to order food to go yeah. home. Or you have to take your meal to <laughs> you go because they leave. kick you out That's of the fine. restaurant. Okay, yeah. but you haven't broken a law. You know? No, no. Like shame is a valid. <laughs> tactic <laughs> but the problem is a lot of these people don't have any shame but you know let's at least make it uncomfortable <laughs> yeah no there should be a price to pay there should and be the people who are you know firmly against it that's fine you know 
do that to show the people who are kind of wishy-washy what the price will be because they'll they'll be added to that love a threat and you know whatever you do beyond that is you uh 13 states have it in the works so this means they haven't proposed the legislation like in congress but they're like either drafting it or talking about it or whatever connecticut hawaii maryland missouri montana nebraska new jersey new mexico oregon south carolina tennessee and virginia wow that's a a wide array yes if you're in those states figure out how you can get that shit to pass yeah yeah for sure like we said before we are communists or anarchists or socialists whatever stripe may be we're ecumenical this is not enough but this should be part of what you know we used to call the minimal minimum program Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like this, this, we, we, we have to fight for this and we understand as a party is, you know, it's not going to be enough. We got to move past that, but we're still going to demand it of the system. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Harm reduction at this point, baby. Yeah. And you know, you just cannot be a mass movement of the working class if you're not fighting for things that we need that are possible that even, you know, your most infantile buried your capitalist society is like piling <laughs> on top of it saying, no, no, don't remember when they told you to share, you know, even those <laughs> little tendencies sprout up and say like, but shouldn't we like feed people? Feed people you if know? they're hungry. Is that good? Yeah. Is and, that and, anything? And kids, you know, Children, like this is ultimate. The most vulnerable members of our society. Like what the fuck? They have no choice. You can't say pull yourself up from a bootstrap. You should have thought about how you're going to be fed. Like, they're a kid. Go get a job. We got child labor now. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so this, uh. you know, we, we, this is possible. It's totally something we could do. It's not going to fix the long run problem, but, you know, as an old economist said, in the long run, we're all dead. <laughs> you know, Thanks was, for that. I think that was John Maynard Keynes who said that. Great. He was... At the time, he was making fun of, like, laissez-faire economists who were mm, like, okay. oh, don't worry, you know, in the long run, the Great Depression will fix itself. And he's like, my man, like, Why do I what? fucking care? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be here. So, I mean, but uh, it's kind of the same deal. It's like, the long run is made up of a lot of short runs. And this is one of those things that we can do to improve things. And in the process, I mean, I think, to better organize ourselves to win that fight, which will build into better organizing ourselves for the bigger fight. The big one. Yeah. So, started on a downer, but you can't bring me down today. Man, we're we're buoyant. (laughs) Speaking of kids, not to blast my own nephew, but uh, I had a thought about kids, kids today. Oh, All right, sorry to all our teens out there, but we're going to show our millennial asses here. I'm entering my old man era. I'm I'm here. I'm wearing my old ratty flannel. I'm <laughs> ready to complain. I will say, and like, I don't have a ton of experience with kids. Like, I'm not like a kid master. You have more than me. Are the attention spans getting smaller or am I just impatient? On average or... On Across average. the board or what? On average, yes. Okay. On average, they're getting far shorter. Across the board, 100%, you see a percentage for each and every kid that varies? No. Wait, what? Explain. I don't understand statistics, so explain All that right, again. So what I'm saying is that on average, yes, but some kids are... Some kids are fine. The same or better 
Yeah, some kids can sit down and like read a book. <laughs> yeah. They're, okay. They're okay. Unaffected. My understanding of it, mm, this is anecdotal. This is based on my sort of field observations or whatever. It seems to mostly stem from parenting tactics that either promote or discourage engaging with what we would consider boredom as kids. So okay. like being able to generate our own entertainment, the technology plays a fairly sizable role depending on your parenting style uh, in terms of whether you offload your kid onto a screen or severely limit that. Seems to be there's there's two, well, there's there's multiple categories of kids, obviously. but Those are kind of the main ones you see, like... If you have a super strict parent too, like that can also be a problem. Mm, if you have a super strict parent about screens, well, yeah, you have problems because it becomes with that, like sure. desirous in that point. Like, oh, it's it's forbidden. Yeah, and uh, the way I've I've seen it talked about, I haven't raised a kid myself, but one of the things you're apparently supposed to do to stimulate kids' ability to create for themselves entertainment, knowledge seeking, all the sort of creative things that kids fucking do. You know, they just, every nook and cranny uh, is to let them do shit. And like when they start doing a thing, they start peeling something apart or put stacking something up instead of, Hey, what you doing? Hey, what you doing? What are you doing? Hey, <laughs> let me take a picture of you, you know, uh-huh. uh, let them do that. Yeah. This increases attention span. Um, and then screens and shit is another big thing too. Uh, like the, the your brain, my brain, our parents' brain, none of them are equipped to deal with the psychological mm-hmm. onslaught of the advertising agencies that are out there and everyone no. who's producing social media. No, no. I mean, like I, I've heard similar stats about adults too. Like our attention spans have gr- greatly reduced since since phones. So I get it. Are you ever in a scrolling? You don't do TikTok as much, do you? I don't. I try to limit it because I'll just, I it'll take over my nap time, and that's very important to me. That's fair. That's probably good. But sometimes you'll get into like a zone. Maybe you'll do this on social and just whatever. You use Instagram, in, Instagram, mostly. yeah, mostly, and Twitter because I'm fucking stupid. You'll get into a zone where you like have kind of a hyper scroll ability, where you get into this yes no state in your brain where you're like better able to swipe away from shit and you're like i don't even know why i didn't like that like i just moved past it (laughs) like you didn't process it you just were like nope you're not now yeah and and you're like how how is it and that's that i think is pretty much detrimental to our you know our human i think so yeah brain state i yeah i've been struggling with this with my nephews that it's really hard to play with him because he just changes activities so quickly uh he's six and mm-hmm. so i have a really hard time parsing out like how much of this is normal and how much of this do like we need to work on of like hey like i need you to focus and stuff like that and i think it's getting to the point where like we're trying to be more aware of it um like he plays soccer and like you can tell he's <laughs> he is not paying attention to what's going on and like yeah. that's fine like it's cool if like sports isn't his fucking deal but like you know, I want him to enjoy himself and everything too. So I think I just think about it a lot because, you know, he does interact with screens and I see children's YouTube is a hellhole. <laughs> it's just so overstimulating and loud and impossible to keep compete with. 
And some of it is bad too. Some of it is some not of it's supposed really to be bad. No, like to the point where, like, he has all these games on his iPad, and like some of the ads on there. I'm like, this is inappropriate. I'm skipping it. Like, no, that's not okay. Or like, yeah. but then when I go to skip an ad, he's like, no, I like the ads, which is dystopian as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I can't, like, when I watch TV, like, the rare times I watch a live television thing, I have my finger on that mute button. I'm like, gone. Yeah, like, you're I, watching Hulu or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. fucking way. Not in my house. <laughs> but, like. that's Maybe that's our quirk or something. But, I, yeah, we both do that. We're both, like, <laughs> our friends are always like, who did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's us. We have the trigger finger. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I agree with what you say, what you said about, like, boredom being a cultivation of of or being something that cultivates creativity like i like we have an inside joke of go behind the couch (laughs) just our parents way of telling us to go play somewhere else we're trying to watch tv right now but like that is where we had fun and like learned to entertain each other and ourselves like i spent a lot of time as a kid just like being bored and making things up in my head and just playing (laughs) yeah we created so many stories with like our Mm -hmm. legos and everything and like we had just this whole town built out and it had lore (laughs) yeah we had this lore that we built up and then like you know at some point we kind of got off our lego kick had to go you know and then had to tear down or whatever and then the next time we rebuilt it we built on that and then more and it was just yeah there was a lot of that and i uh, and i think it's perhaps unfair to just level this at young people no i and and i I think it's also unfair to level it at parents like you're talking about having to offload a kid onto a screen like i you know i know a single mother i know how hard that is like it is incredibly difficult and if you're in a society that doesn't have an adequate support system what the fuck else are you supposed to do yeah yeah i mean you know and, and old timers will tell you one of my colleagues i was talking to him just about this very thing basically the other day he was like yeah well you know we kind of an old kind of an older person sort of we had a hard to i mean in his situation was yeah. a very hard sort of thing and and we have ex- experience in our parents having you know a i wouldn't say a, a very easy walk in the park as far as their occupational thing goes and everything but you know and and you can see i think that's you know some people are better able to weather those challenges and still provide the very intensive energy that parenting someone raising a kid to not be technologically addicted and to be able to grapple with uh, quiet moments and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and still maintain their sanity, all that. Like, that's, that's a lot. It's uh, to fucking do. hard. Every, like, Again, I, I love. This I think kid fewer people are doing it, but uh, yeah, I, I fewer think, people yeah. are succeeding at it. Oh, okay, it's hard, yeah, know? I thought you meant just like choosing to not have kids, which I also oh, get because it's true. it's intense. Like I I love the kid, but every time I'm like, I don't know, that was a lot of fucking work. I need to go take a nap now. <laughs> yes, <sighs> that's why we're looking more and more at just having one if we have it and honestly that's our plan as well so that way they can be cousin comrades <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't need a sibling you have that thing <laughs> there you go it's a lot um but yeah this is not to to i i, I keep disclaiming things that i don't want to make anyone mad i guess but <laughs> very defensive yeah I, I don't know because i feel like it's 
way easier to sit in front of a mic and say all this, that, and the other, but like people living their experiences and, and struggling through them. And I don't know about, you know, directly what goes into that, you know? I mean, I get it. Like I, I have done that too. Like I've been in a babysitting position where I'm like, fuck, I just need like a minute. Here is YouTube. I get why those decisions are made. And I think too, like the other side of that, it is kind of the helicopter parenting culture of like always trying to keep them occupied and enriched and like doing all these extracurriculars and blah, blah, blah. Like that is, you know, while better than screens still has its issues too. So yeah, I guess my, my point isn't to like make sense, any sort of like generational jab of like, oh, fucking kids. Like sure, I know no, I joked no. about that, but like. It is a concern of like the way our society is set up makes it so that these are the easiest options and are forcing parents to make really difficult decisions about how to raise their kids. Like if the parents did have jobs where they could spend more time at home, then or, you know, they have a wider community of childcare, This issue would be a lot better, I think. And it, also the, the nature of technology, like it wouldn't be designed to be addictive it would just i mean you're sure like the allure of the internet will still be there but it won't be like that dark ui it won't be like all marketing and like all like stealing your data to get like the perfect yeah. fucking ad for you like it it will be a benevolent force hopefully i mean i, I don't know i think there's still questions about it but it won't be as evil <laughs> yeah no i think your dark ui this is an insight for me because <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is one way to think about it from the point of view of a parent, from the point of view of a young person, uh, is that the system clearly has a preference for you. Their preferences for you as a young person or for you as a parent to have either a kid or be yourself and you, as a parent, both to have a short attention span. Like that, they, they they want you to tune in, to be in that yes no state, to dupe you into, you know, go ads or whatever. That's a low thing. But you know what takes attention span? You know what takes like paying attention and analyzing things and listening to lots of facts <laughs> and everything is like reading the Communist Manifesto or reading yeah. uh, State and Revolution or you know doing any sort of theory activity. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, to really hone an interest in, in history itself takes a lot of extra time. Yeah, the the research we put into episodes and everything, you know, you don't have to do that, but what are our episodes? An hour plus? Like, you're not going to be listening to this if you're jumping around and whatever. You can listen to it while doing something else. Sure, not to knock it. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, you do have to have an attention span that can focus. And to organize with people. To organize with people, to, to have the will to go out and actually try to make change or to pay attention enough to realize that you need to do something in your community. Mm -hmm. But this is our little serotonin box that we look at instead. <laughs> it is way easier. And how, you're saying you don't do TikTok because it's kind of too easy to end up cutting into your nap time, right? <laughs> yeah. And no matter what that time is for you, it's super easy for me and I've had to limit it myself. I took it off of my like home screen area. I still use it, but it's harder to get to. And I think this cuts down a little bit because you'll just fill your empty time. You go, Oh, I have a little time to waste. Blue. I'm just going to do this. Oh yeah. And, and I still do that with like Instagram and stuff. Like it, it is, it is a huge time suck. And it's, I, someone, a comic artist I follow was talking about it of 
yeah, like I, I know that I feel worse after I look at my phone, but there's a chance it'll give me a hit of serotonin. And so like, it's like, it's a fucking rat at the, the slot machine, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're right. It's, it's not necessarily going to be negative, not necessarily, you know, taking away from anything in particular, but it is what they want you to do. Yes. And there's no conspiracy. It's just them as a class trying to make money. Yeah. That's what they want you to do. So you, you might think about that. It's not inherently evil, but it is something the other side likes. Yes. They, they want (laughs) to get your data so they can sell more things to you. They want to learn about your, your internet patterns. I'm, I'm, I actually bought that, uh, surveillance under capitalism book. A listener recommended it. And I had already seen it at a bookstore, so I, I went and got it this weekend. So I'll, I'll crack into that soon, probably this summer. So look forward to that. And me being really upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it is it is a nefarious purpose thing. And, you know, again, in, in this book series, like there are people who go to the extreme of um, you can like basically it's, it's called like uh, headjacking. Like you put you, you know, it's it's like your concept of like having the Internet in your head. There are people who do that in that universe and, but people kind of like feel bad for them. Like, Oh, like that sucks. They do that. Like they spend all their time online. They basically like are doing second life full time. Mm. (laughs) Um, But it's, it is. And like, so like that's still a danger that exists, I guess is what I would say. Like, yeah, the, the allure of technology will always be there. Like we're not, going to solve that problem entirely with communism but a lot of the nefarious underpinnings will be gone all of those hopefully will be gone yeah damn yeah <laughs> all right well i hope the kids are all right though sorry to put y'all on blast you guys will be great you will hopefully find us one day hopefully uh Far in the future, but still, you'll find us just sadly too reactionary for your tastes. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I hope <laughs> that happens. Uh, I'll be doing pro- my best not to. I'll be doing my best to, to, to keep up with. <laughs> yeah, please tell me what's cool. <laughs> but uh, hopefully I'm, I'm just some old man later. I'm hoping, and maybe this is, again, a little utopianism. But um, if you have communism as an underpinning which values things like equality and fairness and justice in a way, like in that intrinsic way we were talking about earlier, you'll probably end up on the right side of most things. Even like really, you know, oh, the the robots have become sentient. What do we do? You'll be like, well, they're workers now, so we treat them well. You know, (laughs) like if you have that as an underlying guide and hold on to that North Star, hopefully you'll be ready for most things. Oh, sure. Yeah. You won't suddenly become robo-racist, probably. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, you never know how the yeah. <laughs> how I mean, future like will turn out. eco-fascism, I guess. But, like, that's, again, not really adhering to the principles. It's in yeah, the name. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other thing I had was about Cuba. Oh, tell me about them. I love those guys. So, in Cuba, uh, in late March... They had their parliamentary elections. These are the elections there because the National Assembly basically elects the rest of the government. So you elect these guys and that's that's it. They elect the president, the vice president, the secretary, 
of the Council of State. Okay, so you don't minister. directly elect presidents or anything. Yeah, it's okay, it's all through change. yeah, it's all through the National Assembly. Yeah, so they had those elections. Uh, let's see, March twenty sixth. So fairly recently, the one thing that uh, I noticed was that they had a declining voter turnout <gasps> recently. Oh my gosh! If this was my character in D anD D, they'd be very upset <laughs> <laughs> because they're very into the mass line on their planet. That's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the you know the American imperialists and all their toadies in the press or whatever go in and they're like, Oh, well, everyone now obviously hates communism, (laughs) you know, blah, blah, blah. But I I do think Cuba itself is kind of genuinely concerned about it. A la Cotty, a la your D and D character (laughs) kind of dismayed that, Whoa, not everyone's participating. Is it like down by like 2% though? It's down by a lot. Oh, how much? So, in 2013 and kind of before, any time before 2013, pretty much, uh, 2013 was 90.8% turnout. And then before, you just kind of have in the 90s, you know, turnout. In 2018, they had 85.6% turnout. Uh-oh. And then the most recent one, 2023, they only had 75.9% turnout rate. What the fuck? What are y'all doing? Yeah. Shocking. I mean, compared to ours, still really good. <laughs> what is that? What do you think? Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to guess presidential elections, obviously, are going to be higher. We should probably use that as our term, because otherwise it's going to be like 20. <laughs> that's the best one, yeah. Let's... Um, 45. Well, that's pretty low, actually. Okay, what do we got, 60? So we hover in the 50s, historically. Okay, okay. The highest ever, and this is a percentage of voting age population. Because you don't, I mean, the infants, you know. The babies do um, not vote yet. <laughs> the highest ever we ever had was in 1960 at 62.8. Uh, the closest to that was actually the most recent election in 2020. Really? 62%. Yeah. Really? I was watching a little History Channel propaganda about Obama, and they're like, it was the highest turnout ever. They lied. Uh, probably in numbers. Every, most elections mm. are the highest turnout well, ever. Well, because there's more the people. people. Yeah. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> uh, it's like me being like, I'm the oldest I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, yeah. yeah, I guess. This is a picture of me from when I was younger. <laughs> I re-listened to that the other day. Picture of me from when I was older. How the hell did you, you do that? see that fucking camera. <laughs> Uh, small oh. Mitch Hedberg uh, for, uh, yeah, we were talking to the teens earlier. You guys check that shit out. That's good. Oh, man. I loved that when I was a teen. That's <laughs> the shit. Uh, all right. So, but, but that most recent election, 2020, 62%, that cracked 60% for the first time since 1968. Holy so we shit. hover in the 50s. Okay. Okay. So not great in comparison. No, 75.9%. Oh, <laughs> everybody doesn't like communism now. <laughs> How do we feel about capitalism, guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but another thing I found interesting about the election was, you know, one of the things they talk, to, talk about Cuba is, oh, it's very oppressive. Uh, they allow no dissent, you know, one party rule, blah, blah, blah. First of all, no parties are allowed to campaign uh, in elections at all. I mean, yes, they do have like the communist party of Cuba. It is dominant, but it doesn't get to participate in elections either. When they present election information, it's like some printed out pieces of white paper 
with the picture of the candidate uh-huh. and their resume. That's crazy. Not like it's a job their, interview. Yeah, it's not their resume that's like designed on. Mm, you know, it's a whatever. word doc. It's just yeah, their resume just wow. Line by line. I mean, we could. Sorry, I just have an aversion to Word Docs. I'm like, we could make it look a little better, but that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we can give them a template, a Canva account. Yeah, for sure. It's fine. Uh, well, Get but stay right. Everyone's looks the same. <laughs> it was great. Wow. Uh, but anyway, that so so they they post that. That's how they decide. But yeah, in elections, you remember how they do things there? Short answer: I don't remember. They have like the neighborhood meetings at the municipal mm-hmm. level, public meetings. Uh, about half the candidate, well, half the candidates are debated about and nominated at that level. Okay. They decide, hey, you know, why? This guy seems he's cool. fucking cool. Yeah, Rodrigo, he's great. Like, put him in. You know, and whatever. it's at a, a local. You're you're electing people from your neighborhood. Yeah, in your neighborhood, you're nominating people. Okay, you know? great. Yeah. Uh, so so you nominate them. Half of them are nominated in that way, and half of them are nominated by the mass organizations. So these are similar to mass organizations that we've talked about in like East Germany and things. And Cuba has its own versions, the Cuban Workers Federation, the CTC, which is the main trade union federation, uh, the Committees for the Defense of the Revolution, the CDR. Uh, This is like a community level organization sort of thing. Uh, The Federation of Cuban Women. Nice. FMC. Uh, The National Association of Small Farmers, the ANAP. They also have student groups, the uh, University Student Federation, the FEU, as well as the High School Student Federation, the FEEM. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think that's a really smart, I'm sure we've talked about this in our democracy episode, but I do think that's a smart system because that way you don't have just like, let's say neighborhood A is like kind of racist or something you then have the balancing force of like all of these other voices being like, Hey, like you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're nominating someone anti that. Cause we, you know, and it's, and these organizations are at that national level. So they're able to kind of counteract. If you want to say, you know, different regional forces that might be like, Oh, we're racist over here. We're not over here sort of thing. So half and half, uh, they're both debated about, you know, you bring up, uh, you know, I think Patricia would be great here, but like someone else is like, no, they're an asshole. Like they <laughs> fucking suck here. You know. And you come to a consensus, you nominate whoever you're going to nominate for that. Then you do the election. You know, that goes through the, like the, here's our list. Here's our official thing. You do the election. You have a single list of candidates. So when you show up to vote in your, in your neighborhood, uh, you are presented with the list of people who have been chosen for your area, your municipal representatives, and you can say, all these motherfuckers are good. Oh, that's Check. right. That's right. Or you can say, this guy's good. This person's good. This lady's not. Mm. All right. So you can, you can vote for specific people. Or just do a, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Which, like... You might just do the whole thing because you were at the neighborhood meeting and you like had to approve of all those guys. Right. So it's already been through you once. This is just to make sure like if one of you were sick that day and you're like, no, this guy sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that is an interesting thing, because in this election, 72.1 percent voted full slate of candidates. Yes. Twenty seven point nine percent 
for the just for selected candidates they they chose. The numbers are not that different from 2018 and 2013 when they were about 80-20. Uh, but they're, I think, pretty substantially different from 2008 and before when it was about 90%, 10%. Really? Okay, yeah. So it's gotten a little more contentious, I guess. Yeah. And one of the things Cuba has been, you know, kind of trying to figure out, as any honest nation would, is like, Okay, what you know? What does this mean? Are people like not satisfied with the nomination process, or are they not participating in that part? You know, they're skipping that part and showing up to the election and being like, mm. ah, "Fuck, you know, I don't like any <laughs> of these guys," or what's going on? You know, but uh, one thing that reading about this, both in reporting from people visiting Cuba and from people like living in Cuba and reporting out from it, is it's and you can get this. Like, this is not. Readily Secret. accessible. It's not in the Associated Press or Reuters, or, but you can. They have a, an English version of Granma, or really any Cuban publication you can get, and just Google Translate it. It's fine. It's not yeah, the best translation, <laughs> but they. I mean, they do reporting, and and another source is Telesur, which is like a whole Latin America in the Western Hemisphere sort of reporting outlet. That's broadly anti-imperialist so i mean they're pretty good you can get reporting on this that's not just saying oh cuba and dissidents and this and there everyone hates it you know you can get reporting from people that and interviews from people on the ground and i've seen this on tiktok too for all its attention damaging aspects i've or seen whatever. some tweets the effect of like uh there's a lot of radicalization happening on tiktok and i'm like i'm sure there's a lot of stuff the other way too so i'm not gonna like pin that <laughs> pin my hopes on that so okay yeah but no i've seen people like doing interviews and stuff of people in cuba saying on a they were doing this actually a little while back on election day saying like hey you know what you know what's it like what are you doing and they're like we're we're showing up to you know uh, essentially ratify the process we've we've and they were explaining kind of the we've been through we've talked about these candidates and we've nominated people who we think are are doing well in the community and who would be good leaders and and this is kind of our time to to go and and you know show support for them or you know if you didn't like them to go and and oppose them but whatever <laughs> but it's 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 this whole you know process or whatever and it's i think it gets this stupid representation in u.s media that is oh, yeah. completely unwarranted yeah like uh, god i i don't fucking vote in local elections and like people try to make me feel bad about it but at the same time it's like it's not like this it's not like i'm actually vetting these people like it's not like they are going to have a much like a larger impact across the country like it's just not it's not anything close yeah <laughs> at the neighborhood level you're yeah, electing someone incredible. who's gonna go and and like set policy for the nation, elect the cabinet members, and I mean they, they elect the council of ministers. They they elect the president. They elect the prime minister. That's All of that crazy. is elected by the people that you send there. By your fucking neighbor, who yeah. also like I assume also does neighborhood stuff too. Like make sure like the yeah. trash gets so, picked up. Typically, now, this is actually what sent me down this rabbit hole and and had me reading about this as I was trying to figure out. At what level of the Cuban government do you get paid? I really couldn't find this out. But these assembly, these national assembly members, as a general rule, do not get paid. Gotcha. They don't meet very often, but 
the understanding I think is that if you get assigned to a position that's like, uh, we have a continuing committee on this problem that we need to actually like study and figure out how much money, you know, something that you have a project going, then you get paid for that. Interesting. But you don't get paid for just like showing, just up, showing up three days a year. With your steak dinner. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was, I was trying to figure out like, well, you know, how, I understand probably the president guy gets paid. Mm-hmm. Probably like, you know, but like, where, do, where does it cut off? Start? Sort that's of interesting. Yeah. But who um, does, do they also do the day-to-day stuff too, I guess, in their neighborhood? Your regular assembly uh-huh. people? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. if, if you're not on one of these standing committees that's got to figure out this urgent problem, if you're just regular ass national assembly guy, you got elected because you're the best roofer in your neighborhood, you're still roofing. Okay. Okay. You know, people trust you. You give them an honest deal all the time. You're still roofing. That's that's your deal. That's cool. what you do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was reading into like, God damn. I wish we could have something like this. You know, it, it's it is a perfect no. No country is no. But what does democracy look like in the United States? Exhibit A Not and B that. would be 2016 and 2020. Bernie Sanders. You know, I mean, what would happen if the people in the neighborhoods chose their leaders? Would you end up with a Hillary Clinton? Nope. Did you end up with a Joe Biden? Nope. I mean, to be honest, maybe you would end up with a Donald Trump. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe. Maybe. The the boot's very wet over here is the thing. (laughs) I just thought it was a stark contrast and and, uh, and interesting. And, you know, it hadn't happened that long ago. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, For more on that, we did do an episode called, like, What Should Democracy Look Like? So check that out. We go into more detail in some of the other systems out there. But yeah, no, I I love, I, I mean, Cuba continues to impress me. <laughs> it's one of those things, especially growing up here, it's, it's, it's like you're watching a Marvel movie and you all of a sudden are like, oh shit, the other side's the, <laughs> you know, like, because no, the way like, it's presented is propagandistic, like we are good. Mm-hmm, this is US a bad country. is good. And yeah, there are bad countries, what we call them rogue states. Oh, yeah, that's a cool name, though, I gotta say. Yeah, and you're uh, like, well, I know they're cool. Somehow they're broke. <laughs> like, that's cool. That's but, cool. <laughs> but, uh, like, we get this stupid narrative of, like, how... Uh, and, and it's just... It's a strange process, and hopefully you're undergoing it sooner than I did. But... No, and, like, when you do meet Cuban expats, because they're expats, they're very passionate about it, but then, like... If you take a second to look at the second layer, eh, there might be a reason they had to leave. And yeah. it's not usually like because they were really cool and nice. <laughs> they were too cool, too nice. They kicked <laughs> us out. They said, no, no cool, no nice people here. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Let's look yeah. at the factors around it. We, we, we lost our family business of owning a plantation. Oh, bummer. You know, my <laughs> grandfather worked hard. To make sure that his workers on his plantation produced enough sugar. Yeah, they definitely didn't die under bad conditions. It was fine. Yeah, and, you know, when they talk about the, the, the gruesomeness of the Cuban Revolution or whatever, I mean, when these guys took power, they executed barely anybody. <laughs> That's true. I remember being very surprised by that. I was like, well, that was like not that many people. You and I put in charge of this thing, put, put dropped in, air dropped into <laughs> the revolution we've just won. Here they are. Here's the class enemies you're dealt with. We're, we're, we're racking up a higher body count than that. I think, yeah, sure. we're pretty squeamish. 
Yeah, but like, it just, I mean, <laughs> complete class. Uh, they were they were merciful. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Cuba, pretty good. Cuba's cool. Especially on our godforsaken doorstep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As mm-hmm. Porfirio Diaz said, you know, poor Mexico, <laughs> so close to the United States and so far from God. Oh, very true. Cuba, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I mean, I think it fits in with our theme, though, of being a little bit hopeful today. I don't know what's in the water, but we're feeling okay. We are. Be more like Cuba. Put pressure on your legislature to fear you in their Mm -hmm. very bones. Be scary. And to feed kids so their bones can grow. (laughs) And uh, look forward to the day when you have no more health insurance uh, people (laughs) employed. That'd be great. And if you're a health insurance worker, look forward to the day when you can, like, you know, do paint for else. a living or <laughs> go bowling more often or do yeah. whatever you want to do. You yeah, know? you'll be fine. Every now and then you got to work in the sewers. It's fine. And if you have a passion for it, just work in the National Health Service. We're going to yeah. do one of those. We'll need admin and to keep track of records and everything for sure. Do you think this means that, like, the week's been meaner to us? Like, that we're being more buoyant or, like, we're, like, reacting against that? We needed a, uh, that, a refuge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Trying to figure out why we're both in, in kind of a jaunty mood. Yeah. Here. I, don't, I don't have an explanation, really. It's good. Let us know if you like it or if you're like, <laughs> I want more this. depression. Yeah. Uh. I, I wanted to listen to this while I was working on it angrily, and now I can't. So, I don't know. Tell us what... Tell us your thoughts. Christine will look into it. They're the mass line agent. That's true. That's true. I think I've just been so busy that like, I don't know. Well, I was really busy. And then today was my first not busy day. And so I think my brain is just like, everything's fine now. <laughs> Honestly, I've been pretty busy too. So maybe that's why. As I a break. William Lovett said, keep give give a guy a fucking yard and an hoa i don't have one of those nazi organizations above <laughs> me thank god but i think i do but i don't pay it so it's fine hell yeah <laughs> all right that's that's pretty good too it's like i think all they do is do a newsletter so and i already get the newsletter so i'm like i don't really know what this is for i feel like you're just trying to scam me out of 20 bucks well the only HOAs that we won't put to the guillotine are the chill ones. That Yeah, that's that. a pretty chill one. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like they're just they're the on side the of block. the Nazis, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys, I guess, later. What are we doing next week? Next week, aren't we watching a movie? We're watching the one where you got to pay for the air, right? Yeah, Total Recall. This one is good. This one, people sleep on Total Recall, but it's good. Okay, I've never seen it. I have slept on it. I'm one of those people. Total Recall you can find on HBO Max. You can probably also find it elsewhere. Google's just telling me maybe Hulu, Amazon Prime. But they both say premium subscription, so I don't know. Unclear. Check it out. But you know, yeah. internet that shit. And if you have to open up an incognito tab, I'm not here to judge you. It's got the Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about this movie, so I'm excited. I know it's got the glasses and it's got the Obey poster. It's also got, he's not in a big role, but it just, it came up on Google here. Uh, the guy who plays Hank Schrader in Breaking Bad. Really? Okay, yeah, he's, he's got to be young. So yeah, a small role for him, but he's there at That's some point. That's funny. <laughs> Check it out. 
good movie, sci-fi shit. Uh, Hell if yeah. you're looking for the utopian side of high, of sci-fi that we were talking <laughs> about today, no. No, no, no. Go to that book instead. <laughs> this is dystopian. <laughs> okay, great. We will talk to y'all next week then. Bye. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.